Hey everyone, quick announcement. Each week I try to bring you an episode to the show that offers something for everyone. It might be a training tip, insight into a world or, or national champion's life and how they got to where they are, or it might just be talking sports, the shooting sports in particular, uh, for entertainment purposes. At the bottom of each of my episodes, you will find a Koji link to my website where you can find sponsors, links to guests, things of that nature. Currently, there are three sponsors, Laser App, Gun Butter Lubrication, and now Aim Size Products. I will be putting out um, a specific episode about Aim Size and their products. But by using the links provided, you indirectly support the podcast without any additional cost to you. As a matter of fact, you typically save money by following those links. They'll give you a discount and then they'll send a little bit my way just to kind of help with the podcast. The discount link for Hoist is included. However, I don't, I don't get anything from Hoist, but I believe in their product and I feel it's a hydration product for you, which I highly recommend, especially shooting matches in the summertime where it's hot and humid. Now, if you don't use any of the products listed, there is still a way to support the podcast by using the tip button on the Koji link. It surely isn't required. None of this is required, but it is greatly appreciated. I'm trying to make the podcast as professional as possible, which does take time, a lot of time, and money. You can use the link to email me as well, whether you have suggestions for guests or whatever, comments, feedback. Regardless of whether you use a sponsor link or not, I still hope you enjoy the show. Please like it, share it, and give it a five-star rating if you're so inclined. Thanks. So welcome to the Casual Shooter Circus, your premier circus for the casual lion tamer. Uh-oh, Rob can't join. Apparently it's blocking him. So apparently Evie Mux is smarter than us. Come on, Rob. So... <laughs> oh, Get with live. it, Rob. This is cool. I get yeah, it. we are live. We're live. Whoa. What are you doing not in a car indoor? I have real internet now. I have fiber I optic. Not... Really? I'm in my basement and I can record I know. here. It's I amazing. recognize that dry fire range. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Rob says, all right, I will post a link into, well, he just said, hmm. Rob, well, it was trying, uh, Rob, uh, the link that I had said that you need to do it on Safari, not on Chrome. So, but Rob can't hear me, so. And I will put in my earbuds and then we'll have better audio on my end. But my phone is really low on battery, so I feel like I should prioritize that. Okay. <laughs> but I think it's appropriate that we build the suspense of Rob joining anyway. This is going to be our first chance to talk since you uh, shot nationals. Yeah, yeah. I'm I I was sad not to see you there, but I understand. Um, well, for multiple reasons, it it was probably just best not to go this year. So for you. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, but I will tell you though, I was hating life that first day. I was like, man, I wanted to be there, shooting it, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I. I hope that in the future, if they do a standalone carry optics nationals, that it will be this big. Um, but with limited optics come 
you know, coming around. I don't know if it will be or not. We'll see. Uh, so what's happening, gentlemen? Well, I'm apparently sure. we're live right now on YouTube. Uh, apparently so. Now, Rob, you shot, you shot, uh, carry optics nationals. No, sir. No. So, uh, I'm, I'm a loser this year. I'm not doing, I wasn't supposed to do any majors. Um, I decided to go back for a grad school degree, master's in business administration in February. Mm. So when I did that, my plan was I'm not going to shoot any majors at all um, until I graduate in June of 2024. It's like a crash course type thing. It goes for 14 months. Mm. Once you're done, you're done. Um, and originally I wasn't going to shoot any majors, but I did Del Marva sectional in Maryland because uh, they had walk-on yeah. slots available. I was unemployed at the time too. That was the fun part. So I was like, do I have $160 to shoot this match? Yeah, screw it. Let's see what happens. So I shot that. And then um, my sponsor was kind enough to pay for me, for me to do Maryland state outdoor dynamics, John from outdoor dynamics. Thank you. Okay. He was kind enough to pay for me to do that. So I did that and shot that. And then um, there was just no way in hell I was going to get into uh even if I wanted to, like the, the problem is it was so popular this year. Even if I had thought about wanting to do it at the last second, there would have been no way. There would have been no Maryland way. state or carry nationals. Oh yeah. There would have been no way it was so popular. And that's actually kind of what preluded our discussion into having this podcast. <laughs> Originally I and... wasn't intending for it to be a shit show, but <laughs> it's, it hasn't, it hasn't gone. It's not bad yet. So yeah. I, do, I think I think we have to ask Rob the questions first because everybody has to answer the questions because Rob hasn't been on before. Oh, the, rapid the fire five. Yeah, rapid fire okay. uh, questions. All right, Rob. Question number one: What's your favorite movie? Talladega Nights. Yes. Uh, well, that so that makes sense why you said you're a loser. If you're not first, you're last. I get it. Makes perfect sense now. No, that's okay. just like the ultimate American movie. I mean, like if there was ever a movie about the common American man, like Rocky's done, like the shit's over and dead, right? Ricky Bobby is the common man, okay, that came back, he experienced pain, and he met a nice young lady who got his shit together, and now he's, you know, he's the champion. And then his dad came back and loved him too. Made me cry a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And and but I never saw Tom Cruise use his witchcraft, so I'm disappointed. I don't want to see Tom Cruise in general. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most people don't read Rob favorite book. Oh, um, damn! I can't think of the title of it. Something for dummies. Ah, five pillars. For... Five pillars of wisdom. T. E. Lawrence. What is it now? Have you ever heard of? Have you ever seen the movie Lawrence of Arabia, Jay? You probably haven't, but have you seen I, it? I have. I have, yes. I oh, know yeah. the movie, but no, I, I did not see it. So it's like four hours long. He wrote a yeah. book before he died about his experiences and um, what back then just used to be Arabia. Like that whole that whole place, like before there was an Iraq and Afghanistan, anything, like that was just all Arabia and like nobody went there except just to get oil and the Ottomans went there and, you know, for the same reasons that, everybody's over there today but t.e yeah, lawrence okay. he uh he wrote a book about his experiences and that's easily one of the best books i've ever read mainly because i can kind of i can kind of sympathize with where the guy's coming from i think most guys can he was just a normal dude who was kind of a screw up 
And then um, just by happenstance, they sent him on this assignment where they thought he was going to die and it was an impossible task. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to send you off and you're going to do your own thing. And then he actually got all the tribes of Arabia to band together and start fighting against the Ottomans. It's an incredible book. If you get the chance to read it, you should definitely read it. Okay. Uh, side note, do you coach basketball? I do not. <laughs> so, <laughs> side note, uh, my life has <laughs> screwed up since 20, 20, mid, mid late 2021. My life's been a little bit screwed up. But me and my lady split. I was living with my lady, um, and me and my lady split in February. And I was unemployed at the time, and I just found employment like a month ago. So I was living with my folks. I'm still currently here. I need to scrape a little bit of money together so I can move out and get my own place. This is my dad's office. He's been coaching basketball for 40 years. Oh, okay. And he loves John yeah. Wayne. He loves John Wayne. He loves the Packers. Uh, that's his shtick. But right. his One out of two is not bad. Now, you ever heard of Morgan Wooten? No. No. Um, He's the only high school basketball coach to be ever in the bat to be ever be in the basketball hall of fame. My dad used to coach with him way long ago, back in DeMatha High School. Now he was just a young guy at the time. He was an assistant. Morgan Wooten's been dead for years. Um, but out of those guys came Mike Bray, who just gave up his position at the University of Notre Dame at the uh as the head basketball coach. And then Pete Strickland came out of that too. Pete's been retired now for a while, though. But if you look hard enough, you can find like snippets of him on like ESPN, ESPN, and he used to coach around and stuff like that. So, kind of the dream team. My dad just did high school because he wanted to focus on having kids. Okay, fair enough. Number three, favorite gun and caliber, and they don't have to be linked together. If your favorite gun's a nineteen eleven, forty five doesn't have to be your favorite caliber. Hmm. Favorite gun, Smith and Wesson model number three. And I don't know what caliber it would come in. I assume it would be 45 long Colt or um, like one of the weird ass calibers they used to use back in the old West days. It's a Schofield. It's the old West gun. That's cool. Okay. It, the, the very, I've always wanted a pair, but the only place you can find one these days is in like 38 special or 357 Magnum. Um, cause the calibers that it was invented in, those have been dead for a long time. Um, like 45 long Colt, like you can actually still buy that, but good luck finding it. Um, the original caliber was like some weird caliber, like 44 something or another. It's not a 44 Magnum, um, like night and day difference between what this caliber was and what a 44 Magnum is. But yeah, I've always wanted one of those thousand bucks at Taylor's and sons in Winchester, Virginia. And I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know if you're a um, superhero kind of guy. I am not. Spider-Man. Okay, yes. you are. That was mine. <laughs> Why Spider-Man? Uh, again, he's a relatable dude. Like He's a guy who is just trying to do the right thing, and he's trying to hold it all together. And on top of that, he's a nerd. Um, he ends up getting a hot girlfriend slash wife, though. So... That's 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 the dream team right there. And on top of that, like he can spin webs and like kick ass and all that other stuff. Every other superhero is overrated, including the Punisher. <laughs> overrated. I, I, spy, I mean, Superman's a hard one to say he's overrated. That's, he's too cliche. Like that was like I get it. He's the original one. 
but like he's like a model T, right? Like that's what they had at the time. So they're like, we're just going to have a guy that like nothing can touch him except this bullshit that nobody's ever heard of before. And meanwhile, then you got Spider-Man who like he's trying to deal with his life. He's trying to deal with work. He's got multiple people who hate him. And on top of that, like he's got a girlfriend that he's trying to keep a track of and everything else. And aunt and all this other stuff. Superman didn't have Jack. He didn't have he any adoptive parents. Lois Lane. <laughs> right. Hey, she hey, she wasn't a bad looking lady. Well, we don't know because it was in the 30s. So which which Spider-Man <laughs> in the movies is your favorite? <laughs> I'm going um, I like, believe it or not, I hate the Tom Holland one. I, I cannot stand that. And the main reason is it's just because it's too cliche and everybody's like, oh my God, Tom Holland. Do not care about Tom Holland. Um, I actually kind of like the Andrew Garfield one, believe it or not. But I think the Spider-Man video game one is the best. Like the video game that just came out like, the sequels do this year. I don't know who the actor was for that, but that's the best one if you Google it. Hmm. Okay. Is Toby Maguire one? Toby Maguire was one. Yeah. When they did their stupid little uh, get together, he was he was in that. <laughs> okay. That's been my favorite one so far. But those are the, the only ones I've Maguire, seen. That's a good one. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> Toby Maguire. I have no. Just so you're not offended. <laughs> <laughs> it's it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> We're trying to offend Dave the whole time, okay? <laughs> Stick with the program. What's your favorite superhero, Dave? I don't have one. Uh, I thought it was Superman for me. Default, <laughs> default Spider-Man. Dave likes Spider-Man. Now, what I will say is you guys are way too young to know this, but way back in the day in the late 70s, um, he used to have early morning real cartoons, not this fake crap they have now. And um, they had Spider-Man cartoons on in the morning i watched it all the time i loved those cartoons they were very very good they're very good to watch those myself they ran those up until uh so like you're right cartoon network they used to host like the old Hanna barbera like scooby-doos and all that stuff they used to do that okay. up until like mid-2000s um and those used to run on cartoon network but it's all different now it's so different there's no conflict anymore everybody's just trying to help each other who? What's the name of the uh, the Rhino guy, bad guy? Rhino. Um, is that what it is? Just Rhino? Yeah, he's Rhino. Yeah. He was my favorite bad guy. Yes. Well, he is. He is easily one of the best ones. That dude could take out walls. I mean, he just literally run through walls. I was like that I guy's like pretty the, bad. Yeah. Well, so you'd like the, the the video game. They actually have him as like one of the main villains that you have to fight, and they have him like with a Russian uh, accent, and it's hilarious listening to like this big dumb oh, mongrel in this oh my God. <laughs> so like everything he's saying is like russian he's like getting mad he's like this is chase of goose i hate chase of goose <laughs> all right you'd like it i know your legs all done up so if you're looking for something to do video games aren't a bad option just saying <laughs> it gets old sitting around i can believe that <clears throat> all right so how did you two meet we we met at Carry Optics Nationals last year. Oh. But we met online before that, apparently, but I didn't know who you were. You were just sending me weird messages. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me. Yeah, that's me. And we're going to a commercial break. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Can't tell if he's really? serious. 
<laughs> no, I was going to say, so I actually I, I found out who he was because Matt Hempel tagged him in something. This is like when I was just getting into USPSA, like kind of like more so, um, especially on the Instagram scene. And he tagged him in something. And Jay did like, I don't know, like a sub second 25 yard mini popper draw. And I was like, holy we'll shit. Like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, some of the stuff you posted, I was like, who the hell is this guy? So I started asking him questions and stuff like that. And he started firing some back. But of course, me being me, I started con commencing to saying dumb things. So, <laughs> so it kind of got off the rails a little bit. <laughs> I always assume that people are serious when they're sending me messages or like that every message is like, I'm trying to think my way through it. But this is not the case with uh, Rob. So it was great kind of got me thinking a little bit more and and then i realized that 99 percent of the messages rob sends are not serious which but but i didn't realize that on my own you had to tell me that so then that's that <laughs> that was good it made a lot more sense when i when i then met you in person at because we were on the same squad at, at 2022 national so. yeah okay we got lucky together i didn't even know i was on his squad i um somebody gave me their slot that realistically I wasn't even supposed to have, but they sent me and I took it. Um, and I just happened to get in JBL squad, like completely. So like I, we are, we were in the same squad with Cal. Um, who else? Magnus was in there. Uh, Bryce Dupuis, Dupuis and yep. his, Joel uh, Fisher. Yeah. Joel was in there. He's Paul in, he's Saul, in there. Um, Jeff Hughes. Yes. Jeff Hughes he's is in there. there. Actually I shot with Jeff Hughes. Did I shoot with him at another Nationals? I feel like I shot with him at 2020 Nationals, but I, I'm not sure. Nah, he said his first Carry Optics Nationals ever was in um, 2022. That's the only one he's oh, ever been to. I, I shot with him at Trident in 2021, maybe. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. He didn't go this year. He just... Uh, he just got funny enough, Dave. He just got knee surgery too. He's getting both his knees redone. They're both shot to hell. And he's been wrestling since he was six years old. So Pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I would feel bad for the guy because, like, he would like he would when we got down there, like getting into my truck. He was like, "Oh, this is fine," and then like getting out of my truck. He would be like, ah! like Jeff. Everybody is like, yeah, I just need him. He's fine. Give me a minute. It's funny because because Jeff Hughes is only like 19 years old. I mean, you would never. <laughs> so apparently, he's not a youngster. He's got, he's got salt and pepper hair, man. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, maybe not. Hey, you know, it was when it was it? What year was that? 98. 99, 98, I think, it, oh, no, wait, hold on. Uh, went in in 97, 99. So it would have been, yeah, 90, 98 or 99. I cut all my hair off. So at that point, I was roughly 31, 32. And I shaved it because I was going to Texas for a couple of months. I mean, it's going to be hot. I'm going to be in Wichita Falls. So it's going to be hot. And it was hot. It was like standing in a blow dryer hot. It was ridiculous. And when it grew back, it was all gray. Like there was no salt and pepper. Yeah. It was 100% gray. Like silver gray. Yeah. That's and I was wild. like, uh, I guess I'm going bald the rest of my life. <laughs> so yeah, Dude, 31 or 30. 
I would have done that. You could have looked like Chris Christopherson. That's okay. <laughs> That's right. I just want his money. I don't want. I don't want his looks. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you might have gotten a part in those Blade movies, man. Think about it. You'd be fighting vampires with a with a nice samurai sword. Think about that. Think about what you missed out on. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but the thing with Jay, so I had to tell Jay, and I've had to tell multiple people this. My problem is. I am very sarcastic and like, I don't know how to shut it off. And when I send stuff through text, like they can't see my face. And then the other thing, like it's hilariously amusing to me. Like when I'm being sarcastic to somebody and I'm messing with them and I'm like, I'm talking to them like a straight face. And like, eventually they start, like I get, start getting like more and more wild with what I'm saying. And eventually it gets to the point where people are like, Oh, he's screwing with us. (laughs) I'm just, and now, but just, now you assume, you just assume huh? everything. And then if you are being serious, then, um, well, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. So you just have to automatically assume that I'm just like screwing with you. And then what happens is when I am being serious, yeah. Like people are like, oh, you're being serious. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Rob, how did you get into shooting? Um. Believe it or not, when I was in high school, no, nope. I used to I watch. I think you're messing with me. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm being 100% serious now. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I actually used to watch the Outdoor Channel every Wednesday night because that's when all the shooting TV shows would come on. Um, I always wanted to be in this stuff since I was a little kid. And I used to watch like all the USPSA Nationals on the Outdoor Channel shooting USA. Shooting USA. Um, way long ago when they used to cover it. And that was back when limited was the hot division. Um, that's all everybody would talk about. And so I watched that forever. Once I graduated high school and got to college, I didn't have access to the outdoor channel. And this was before streaming and all that crap showed up. Um, so I kind of got out of it for a little bit. And then once I graduated college, um, I think I bought, I bought a Glock 17 gen five in early 2019 and then i bought an lwrc ar-15 like four months later and then late 2019 i like i wanted to get more into shooting like i wanted to go do shooting competition stuff but i didn't know where to start and uh part of the reason for that is is because i had been messed with by tactical youtubers like Grantham and all that stuff and i was like oh okay well if i'm gonna get into it like this is the place to do it so like i bought like a tactical boy belt rig and all that crap. Um, and oh, I went boy. to a two gun competition in peacemaker, which is actually a range that's blacklisted by USPSA, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. I went to a two gun competition there and, uh, I was awful. I was trash. And then I started doing, getting more into it. And then peacemaker was the only place that I knew of that offered these sorts of things. But then, um, just for shits and giggles, I actually saw that they were running a USPSA somewhere. And I was like, I want to go try that. So I had a war belt, and I had a Glock 17 with iron sights and 17 round mags. And I went and it was awful. I think York USPSA with uh, Russell Fortney. So the guy who's about to be the area eight director, I actually went to uh, his match and I did awful. And I was like, nah, like I'm doing good at two gun and everything else like that. Like this sport is stupid. I'm never going to do it ever again. Like they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, 
And then the more I started getting in, like looking, I was just like, okay, like maybe I do need to practice and stuff like that. And then 2021, I went to a match on the Eastern shore of Maryland and I met one of my good dudes who I'm still a friend with. And a lot of those guys like saw me there and they helped me. And then once I started getting more into it, I was like, okay, I want to get better at this. And then uh, early 2022, I was like, okay, I'm hundred percent nose diving into this. Like no questions asked. Okay. And what, Go ahead, Jay. No, I feel like if you meet people at a match and they see that you're like that you're into it, then you have all the help in the world. And well, so, so it's, go ahead. I mean, not everybody, but but it's really cool because those are the people because that's because then you meet someone who's like you and you're like, cool, I want to hang out with this person. I want to I, I want to talk to this person more. And so I don't know. Anyway, that's all I had to say. So the dude who actually got me to come back, um, to your credit, mo like, how do I just explain this? So I went and it was actually, I think it was Bill Duda's match. Um, he was in the same squad that I was in. And then his buddy, Mike Danchek was in the squad. And then another guy that I'm still friends with named Dennis Boyle. You know who Danchek is, Dave? Oh, yeah. I've had him on. Oh, yeah. So he was in my squad. And uh, he ROs me and I did something stupid and I finished the stage. And at this point, I had still had my 17 with a surefire light on it and my war belt and a loophole delta point. Um, and I think co-witness sites, because that's what Garantham told me to use. Um, yes. I say that facetiously. <laughs> and uh, I did the stage and Mike comes walking up to me. And without even skipping a beat, he looks at me and goes, why the fuck did you do that retarded shit? <laughs> That sounds like Mike. Yeah. <laughs> and I turn around, I'm like, what? what are you talking about, man? He's like, that was the most retarded thing I've ever seen. Why the hell did you do that? So he starts laying into me and I'm looking at him like, who the hell is this guy? So somebody had to come over. I think it was either Bill or Dennis came over and was like, all right, what he's trying to say is what you, you should come in like this on the target. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> I kept coming back more and then I saw him again, but he is, uh, He's very abrupt. He's very in your face, but he is the nicest dude in the world. He will give you the shirt off of his back. You just have to keep showing up. He's loud. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, he's a very good guy. Very nice guy. He was willing to help me in early 2021. So eventually it got to the point where like I started asking people and this made people laugh because um, I would try to get into matches and I was like just getting into it. And I think I asked a match director one time and said, can you put me in the same spot as Dan check? <laughs> oh was, lord yeah the match director said excuse me and then ended up sharing that text with like a whole bunch of people <laughs> like look what this guy said <laughs> this guy's a knucklehead yeah but you know what mike was one of the people that he helped me out a lot a lot a lot like he was one of the few people that when everybody else was kind of like ah screw this loser he's never coming back because i was still using a war belt then um mike was actually like okay like start doing this start doing that like pieces of it started coming together so something to be said for that yeah i i was shooting a match at um shadowhawk and i was looking at one of the stages and so was someone else and he pointed something else or he pointed something out that we had not even noticed i was like oh damn i didn't even see that so yeah i mean he's very very helpful very nice he's just loud and like you said you know kind of in your in your face kind of a personality he's a very big personality but he's a good guy he talks to his enemies the same way he talks to his friends 
<laughs> or no his friends filter. the same way he talks to his enemies. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Like, there's no filter. So, like, whatever you're getting with the guy is what you're getting, which I can respect. He He's actually the one. He got me sent to uh, Carry Optics Nationals. He uh, uh, going to say sent to jail. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although with Mike, yeah. When did you meet, um, when did you meet Hempel? Uh, actually, yeah, mid-2020, my first match ever. Okay. I was, uh, I was at work and it was COVID season and I, my job back then, I was an engineer. Fake news. Huh? Fake news. Oh, yeah. So, well, our shit was still shut down. You couldn't do nothing. My boss was still making me come into work. Um which sucked. But as a result, there was nothing going on. I think this was like June and uh, two weeks before. So like I looked up like, okay, USPSA, York USPSA and Hempel's video came up and I was just absolutely flabbergasted that somebody could shoot that fast. Um, and I started watching more of his videos. I was like, holy shit, who is this guy? So I show up to that match and I'm walking along and I see him with his Jersey on the back that says Hempel. And uh, I just started talking to him, and that's how we met each other. And it was funny because at first he was kind of like off-put, but then we ended up coming to the conclusion that it was because of the war belt. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, God. <laughs> that, that will do it. Who's this was, guy with a thigh holster? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had like a multi-cam war belt with like a dump pouch and all this stuff because, again, like Garantham. The dump pouch. Yes. The dump pouch probably did it. Oh, it was the dump pouch and the Safari Land holster and everything else like that. And I'll, I actually will not forget this. So the camis. Yeah, I get it. I think that match, I shot a classifier and I, I forget what the hell it, what classifier it was, but I misread the score because it said like 85%. And then I looked it up online and they were like, oh, 85%. Like that's a masterclass classifier. I didn't shoot anywhere close to that. Right. I don't know what I did, but. So I, I ended up posting on Instagram, like I did a master class run on this, and he texted me and was like, "Take it down." No, you didn't. You did not. <laughs> Use your robe that stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, was, I had a level three retention holster at the time, so it was one of those ones where you have to like hit the button to grab the gun up out of it, and I missed mm -hmm. the button, so like I'm just yanking on this holster for like a good two seconds. And I was like, yeah, like even with this mess up, like I still shot master class on it. And like now, now as a master, I'm like, oh God, no, that wasn't anywhere close. <laughs> nice. So you made you made master pretty quick then. Be I mean uh, on because you shot your first match like 2019, 20, Uh sure. First USPSA in 2020. I did not come back until March of 2021. And then okay. I was goofing around most of march 2021 because i was still trying to do like the whole multi-gun thing but that was a waste of time um but you were a master at carry optics nationals weren't you last year no i was a class okay i had just made a class and the reason was because i was shooting a lot more i had a somewhat nicer gun and then um i was dry firing a lot and then after carry optics nationals i stopped dry firing because i'm an idiot <laughs> well, how, speaking how long did you master, uh, master class score 85% didn't you just shoot 86% on a classifier yeah I did so I have been dry firing a lot more um, 
I just shot 86% on a classifier. Are you asking how I messed it up? No. I mean, I watched your video and it looked like you were shooting really fast. So that was trigger freeze. Yeah. I finally <laughs> figured out how to. Maybe I actually, I probably watched it with no sound. So I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, it's these, honestly, like, this might sound silly, but like, I'm at a point where I'm trying to play. I am trying to get as good, if not better, than both Luke Cow and Matt Heppel. Because those two are neck and neck. I know, I know Cow is the world champ uh, for production optics light, and he beat Max Michelle, and he should be insanely proud of that, right? Because yeah. Max, Max's day job is to that's all he does. Luke has a day job, and then he practices on the side and he beat the guy. Um, that's one of those things of like, you know, I might this might get some backlash, but like they published this whole thing, Max Michelle, like I'm on the road to worlds and all that stuff and blah blah blah. It was like a three-part mini series that Sig did. And then Luke shows up and just <laughs> it's just this is true. This this happened. I was I was very happy for Luke. And it's even cooler because Luke is like a member of my home club. Yeah. So it's Luke's just nice. Great, Luke's a great shooter. Oh my god, dude. He's super super consistent. I mean, like he he'll show up to any match and he will be generally he will be in the you know within night or within 10% of the winner, if not winning it. Um, I mean, he's beaten, he beat JJ a couple of years ago. Yes, he and, did. Uh, Maryland State. Maryland State. Um, I mean, he, you know, like, and obviously blah, 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 you know, things happen, whatever. Um, but he, he will always be there to win a match if someone makes a mistake or just win in general. Um, and so I don't know. He's, he's great. Plus, right, he's we're, we're going to. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I want to pause right there for a second because, Jay, I've got to get your reaction since you mentioned JJ. Yeah. Of him after the squib climbing back into the top 16 at Nationals. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing was, I think it was stage 11 where that happened. So that was towards the end of day two. Um, I think we only had two more stages to go. I could be wrong. Um, and we were all just watching JJ shoot. And it was, he was only like three shots into the stage. And then you just hear a puff. And everybody is just like, oh. And the, the range officer obviously says stop. And um, and he did have a squib or whatever. Um, and, and then everybody just walked off the stage. Like, all the people he was like up later in the order so everybody had already shot everybody just walked away it was very uncomfortable for a little while um, oh wow and and uh yeah i mean it was it's a bummer i mean when yeah no matter who you are it's a bummer yeah. to see that happen um especially because you know it's not that could happen to anyone just because you know we don't manufacture our own primers like could could have been a dud primer who who knows what it is right um and then Almost immediately, well, I don't know, like 20 minutes later, um, you wouldn't have known that would that happened. So that was cool to see JJ just kind of refocus and kind of and just start dialing back in on what what he needs to do. And then and then he was just quietly shooting really good stages um, from then then on, and and uh, then he ends up <laughs> coming back 
from whatever 100 i think that yeah he's zero at 120 points made and uh, yeah and got back a lot of points now even if you so you can you can what if this stuff and i didn't what if it but someone else did um i mean even if he finished 75 percent on that stage he's third um wow overall. and even if, if he wins that stage he's still third um and so it's like oh wow so you you know it's hard to say like here or there like you're if he just you know if he shot 80 percent on that stage would he have done what he did at the end i don't i don't know um but he shot really well in uh just just going for it and and he um and he got a lot of points back it was cool yeah, it was kind of crazy. I I thought it was very impressive that he was able to refocus. I mean, look, it happened to me in 2020 at Frostproof, but I was not, and I was never in contention, or I wasn't threatening anybody. But I mean, I, I've been there where it's like, uh, now what do you do? So I refocused, just like, all right, I'm I'm going to see if I can catch the person with the most points on our squad. So that was now my 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 only goal, and I almost did it. So I was happy with what I did, but uh, yeah, I was just curious from that perspective of being on a super squad when it happened, and you know, everybody who's on those squads is like, I have a chance when it starts. So to be one of those guys and have that happen is just got to be. It's got to crush your soul at least, you know, for the first five minutes after. Oh, oh yeah. You were on the super squad this year. Congratulations. Because you definitely you. earned that after last year. Thank you, man. <laughs> and the year before. Well, yeah. no, you didn't go the year before, but the year before that. Well, no, because yeah. he wasn't on the super squad last year because he was in my squad nine super squad material. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying <laughs> is the, the Not time yet. he had. Not yet. But you were fifth the time before that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then How you didn't the shoot squad? 21. Yeah, 2020 was my first nationals. And then, okay. um, I think we just had, yeah, 2019, we had our, our first kid, um, as in my wife had our first kid and then, right. and then we had our second in 2021. Oh, okay. Which like is why back I didn't, to back, back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Why I didn't Poor go to woman. the nationals in 2020. Oh, that's right. You didn't go to 2021 because your wife was in labor, mm -hmm. I think. Well, it was like around that time and, and it's not. I, she asked me to stay back, and I and I said I would. <laughs> no, I, dude. I yeah. mean, you live in the middle of nowhere, right? She doesn't want to be there popping one out or on her own. I get it. Like you know, <laughs> taking care of two very young children while he's gone. Yeah. 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 That's a that's rough. Yeah. I'd just be afraid right. of like, what what's that old movie? Just be afraid of like, nah, never mind. I'm not gonna bring it up. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Luke Luke Tao is an excellent shooter. That's what we were saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now we beat JJ, and that's how we got sidetracked. I just I wanted to see. Um, I wanted like so yeah. Hempel and Cal are my rabbits right now. Um, hard rabbits to catch, but those two like if I can get anywhere close to them, I'm like okay, what did I do differently than they did? And I'm looking at that kind of stuff like. Cal published, I mean, just 
So you look at my match videos from Del Marva sectional, and then you look at Kyle's, and it's absolute night and day difference. I mean, he's like watching a friggin' robot. Um, some people look smooth and sophisticated when they shoot. Other people like are just uh, very snappy and fast and jerky. And then you have other people that look like robots. Like Jay, you're really smooth, right? Like when you shoot, it just looks like a gazelle prancing. Right? I'm attempting to look like a robot though, so stand by. I mean, it's still friggin' fast, dude. Like it's just it looks smooth, right? I mean, it's like um, it's like watching uh, Mayweather when he boxes like Floyd Mayweather when he boxes like he just looks smooth like he looks at home right and then you watch another dude like Tyson and it's a whole different story now of course I'm pulling big name boxers because I don't know the smaller ones but it's everybody's got like a different way of doing things and like Cal's Cal's method and Hempel's method in my head are very much different like Hempel is um Hempel believe it or not is actually really smooth like he just looks smooth he doesn't look fast he just he is fast. He just looks like everything's calm and collected. Nothing's amiss. Meanwhile, Cal, it looks like he's a robot who's just snapping as fast as he can from position to position. And Matt, Matt has like another gear too, um, where if he is like a little bit mad or something like that, then he could like lay down some stages if he wants to. He has. I mean, he's beaten and Cal he does. before. I don't, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just one of those things of, I don't, I don't, he's, I think he's going to end up being easily in the top five at some point. It's just a question of when, right? Because yeah. last year's car accident definitely put him back a little bit. Yeah. I unfortunately was there for that. I was yeah. I, <laughs> I, I accused Saul of being the guy who crashed him, and Saul's like, I didn't do that! We'll go with that. It was Saul's fault. <laughs> it was not. He texted me and goes, I just got in a car crash. What? I just got in a car crash. Found out Lane Nelson. Lane Nelson felt awful about it, because Lane Nelson was supposed to take Hempel's spot, but he let Hempel have it, because he was like, whatever, Like I'll let the Grandmaster have the spot. So it should have been Lane. It should have been Lane. <laughs> I, Matt... I, I threw my sandwich on the ground to run and help Matt. So I lost the sandwich, and Matt and Matt, I still didn't help Matt. So. You should have kept and the sandwich and the, used no, it to soak up the blood in the car. So if people, people, um, this, it, yeah, no one knows what's what we're talking about except the people there who were there. But this, yeah, it was like a side by side. Actually, well, you weren't there, Ralph, but um, it was a side by side, and it got rolled over while while Matt was in it. And, uh, oh. And, uh, yeah, it hurt his arm a little bit. Dude, Just no, a he got busted bit. up pretty good. He got busted up pretty good. He said he yeah. couldn't move his arm. He broke a couple of fingers. I think he had, like, a hairline fracture on a couple of his ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He got pretty good. He couldn't do much. I mean, he pretty much, like, now, of course, Matt being Matt, you know, after, like, two months it was like that scene from Hobbs and Shaw where he's like daddy's got to go back to work and then like he took a knife and cut off his cast <laughs> started shooting again <laughs> that's that's Matt youth rub it some, has its advantages well rub some dip spit on it and you're good to go <laughs> so what what are they doing differently than you right now are you just more efficient then is that what you're saying um they yes. have less. So, sorry, go ahead. 
<laughs> no, they have less trigger freeze than you right now. Yeah, goddamn. That's <laughs> that's that's part of the P whole P three twenty thing. Um, that I'm trying to. Actually, I can't even blame the gun. It's not the gun. It's um, it's me. So like, last year I was starting to put like a bunch of pieces together and stuff like that, and I made A class. And I got to be honest with you, I don't really think I deserved to make A class last year, um, because there was a lot of things that were just missing that I needed to focus on. And I was kind of okay at some of that stuff. My saving grace is just I'm accurate. So when it comes, because when I started off in two gun and three gun and multi-gun and everything else, those sports, you're not doing practical based shooting. So it's not about speed and accuracy. It's more so just about accuracy. Um, and a lot of what you're doing, especially two gun, which is what I was more into. It's always, heavily steel so most of the targets are at like 15 16 17 20 25 further yards and you're just shooting at pieces of steel so i got really good at being able to put the dot on a piece of steel and just tink 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 um and transition from dot to dot and i mean actually there was a falling steel match before i started shooting uspsa and a bunch of uspsi guys came to it and i smoked a lot of them um and the one dude was actually i think he was a master class and I was like, oh, well, I beat you in this, so I must be master class too. No, not even close. Um, I just got really good at being able to do that. And then when I showed up to USPSA, my big problem was is there was no auditory signal that I had hit the steel. So I spent a lot of time being like, okay, I need to take this slow to make sure I'm actually trying to hit the paper. And then a whole bunch of other dumb crap that like I had no idea what I was doing. Like I wasn't practicing holster draw or reloads or anything else like that. So when I started doing more of it in dry fire, um, I had bought Steve Anderson's book and I was messing around with that. And that was extremely helpful, but it was one of those, like I wasn't fully committing to it hundred percent. Like I should have been. Um, cause at the time I was living with my girlfriend and I was enjoying that part of my life, um, and everything that goes along with that. And I was working a job and we had a dog and everything else like that. So I was trying to, I guess more, I just wasn't doing what I should have been doing. And then this year, funny enough, after we split, um, I started doing dry fire every day for five days a week for an hour a day. Um, and then on top of that, Dry Fire King, shameless plug, um, that is amazing. That's easily worth I try to get everybody. Like, I have no incentive to sell it. Like, the guy, I don't even know the guy. Um, but three bucks a month, and you get TV program stuff. It's basically like a video game. You can just sit there and point your gun at the TV on load of the course. Um, and you're practicing the three big things that matter in USPSA, which is presenting the gun, reloads, and transitions. And me just focusing on those. Uh, Rob Epifania actually came in a little bit too. And he's the one, the biggest tip I got from him is whenever you're looking at a target and you pull the trigger, as soon as that trigger hits the back of the wall, you need to immediately snap to the next target. Um, that's the biggest thing I got from him. Hempel has been a big help on a lot of stuff because I, I started asking him some questions. He actually took me because he got tired of seeing me do really stupid stuff. At the end of 2021, he brought me up to New Jersey and he was like, all right, we're going to fix all your dumb crap right now. So we spent about like five or six hours um, just practicing. And he said, like, OK, like 
he was messing with my gun. Like, you need to do this. You need to stop doing that. Uh, like, you need to get, like, a different holster. Because I had switched from a war belt to a Safari Land ELS holster, which there's nothing wrong with. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like, there's a USPSA rig. Like, go get the USPSA rig. Like, stop screwing around and trying to do, like, the best of both worlds type of thing. Um, he got me to switch from a Delta Point to an SRO, which I mean, you can fight me all day long. I think the SRO is better. Um so he was he was a massive help. We probably spent like five or six hours. I drove three hours to go see him up in Jersey, and we probably sent like fifteen hundred rounds downrange in one day. But it was worth it. That that, and then people started noticing like okay, like he's starting to put bits and pieces of it together. But then this year, funny enough, it's just like I started thinking about it more and visualizing it more and being able to try and replicate this thing. Okay. <clears throat> Um, Sorry, it's a very all over the place answer. That's how my brain works. <laughs> no, it was good. It's okay. You are, you are, um, watch out, Luke. Watch out, Matt. Cause, cause Rob's over, Robert's over here dry firing for an hour a day. Okay. So Jay, before you started doing, you, how much time do you spend dry firing each day? Mm, it's On like, average. On average, probably 30 minutes. But really? when you first started, how long were you doing it? Probably like two hours. Okay. Or oh, more. Shit. Probably more. <clears throat> At what point did you start bringing down the time spent dry firing? Uh, when I had children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll do it. That's why I don't recommend kids. No, yeah, and, but I mean, I also, I was able, like, I mean, in the past years or so, I've been able to live fire a lot more. And so that's been, that's been big. Yeah. Yeah, you seem to have picked up the live fire a lot more, which is why I thought maybe your dry fire came down. Because you're more balanced now, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I'll still, like, even if I, I'll, I'll still dry fire every day. Even if I'm live firing, and so I'm, I'm keeping definitely keeping that up. Um, and but yeah, the, the live fire has has made me understand just the attention that I can pay. Like so, I pay it. Everything that happens in live fire happens in dry fire, but I have to pay attention to it. And it's so easy mm. to to just let go of something and or you see something in dry fire and think like eh, it's not a big deal um but when you're when i started to connect live fire and dry fire closer i've start i've started to notice those things and uh i don't know it's it's been very hmm. very helpful okay yeah. all right so you kind of figured out what you weren't seeing or paying attention to in dry fire when you did more live fire yeah, because the live fire is very obvious when something happens because you're like, I didn't hit that piece of steel. It, <laughs> right. Why? Why didn't? Why didn't? You know what happened? And so then, so then you see what happens in live fire, and then you notice it in dry fire. But dry fire, it's so subtle. It's just like a little. The dot just flicks. Right. You know, a little bit, um, and and I'm like, ah, okay. So now, um, I'm just, I just have better awareness than I did. I had zero awareness when I was dry firing like four hours a day. Um, mm. 
Okay. I, I should add too that like much like him, I started live firing a lot more this year. Because last most of last year I was unemployed too. Like I said, it's been a shit show for my life since 2021. Um, but I was act, like I actually have like a good supply of ammo. I was unemployed. My one buddy was a Fed. He just retired, so we started going to the range like once twice a week, burning down 150 rounds a session. And then once that started happening, my scores just started skyrocketing, um, like really noticeably quickly. So then wow. the drive on top of that. The dry firing and the live firing, just a deadly combination. You have to so, do that. I mean, Steve Anderson in his book says you have to do this if you want to get better, and he is not lying. Yeah. But why do you think it was that once you started doing more live fire that your sky your score skyrocketed? Um, so the big thing is when you're it's like Jay says, like you're you're the big thing with dry firing is that I have gotten from it. Where'd he go? Dave's run away. We can <laughs> say like, whatever we want. You he's taking a lie. shit. He's taking a shit. <laughs> Taco Bell today. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, he's back. Hey, buddy. He, he was How still connected the whole time. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh my god, he's got his. Uh, is that no? What you can't do that. Background? So your dog's the one who's got to take a shit. Got it. All right. So started uh, the thing with live fire and what i've noticed in dry firing in dry firing all you're really doing is you're practicing weapon presenting the gun you're practicing reloads and you're practicing transitions um and there's certain things that you can do to mimic things but until you actually go out and do the thing you don't know that one of the ways that i found that out the hard way um so i have a i got a p320 with a cares trigger in it and um the nice thing about this trigger is i have this little setup where it's a very crisp like it's you hit a wall with a p320 and it breaks boom there it is so just for kicks and giggles because i got this fancy gray gun slide um and this thing is fantastic uh i got this fancy gray gun slide just for kicks and giggles i put the gray gun shoe in my gun. So I originally had the whole gray guns kit and I put their shoe in my gun back in my gun, just cause I was like, you know what, let me screw around with it and see what I think in dry fire. It didn't feel any different. If anything, it felt like I was faster with it. And I can explain the whole engineering principles behind it and everything. But, um, in dry fire, it felt great. And in live fire at targets that were seven yards and in, I was really, I was a lot faster with it. I was like, wow, like I'm, I'm going to do this. We were getting ready for Maryland state. And I knew for a fact Maryland State was going to be all targets past 15 yards because that's how Keanu is. Um, Keanu's the one who did 2021 Area 8. He loves those types of mm -hmm. matches. And I, he, he shoots his, my local match is Thermot, so I know what he's got in store. Um, so two days before, we're practicing on mini poppers at 50 yards just to – just something ridiculous that you're only going to shoot at like one target out of the day. But if you can consistently hit those at speed, like you're having a good day, I couldn't hit shit with that trigger. It was all over the place, like left, right, up, down. And I was like, okay, this is dumb. So on the spot at the range, I put the cares trigger back in, started smacking right in the middle. All right, there it is. And that's just because I had been dry firing with the cares trigger forever versus the gray guns. So you, you can fool yourself in dry fire, but the big thing with live fire is until the gun actually is going off in your hand and doing what it should be doing, 
you're never going to get the same thing replicated. I mean, look at trigger freeze, right? So like trigger freeze, that classifier, funny enough, I had actually practiced it a couple of weeks before with one of my buddies. Um, this guy that I know, Ed Kelly, he just retired as a Fed. He wants to do more USPSA. So we've been going up to York and practicing a lot. And um, I've been helping him to get better and stuff like that, showing him all the crap that I figured out, right? And um, we were practicing that classifier. And until you get used to being able to walk on the targets that you need to walk on at speed, like you're not going to be able to do that. So it's just one of those, like you have to dry fire to know that, oh yeah, I can go this fast. Like I literally can go at the speed of sight. Now we should say also that that name of that classifier is like eight by three trigger freeze or something like that, right? Yeah. It's 21 dash one. Yeah. So it's the name it's in the name of the classifier. Yeah. Gotcha. You have to, you have to live fire. And I mean, you don't have to do much, right? So like we structure it. I don't know. Jay probably does better than me. Um, but I do 50 rounds of 50 rounds of, um, doubles drill. And that's just because I tried it after watching one of Steger's things. See what happens with this. And then a hundred rounds are just used for 50 rounds are used for whatever I need them for. So like this past time we practiced weak hand, strong hand shooting. So like pass, passing to the weak hand, passing to the strong hand, reload, strong hand, reload, weak hand. Um, and then another 50 rounds you're just using for like small drills, like the accelerator drill or a transitions drill or something like that. And there's so much shit on YouTube. Anybody like I'm going to pimp out somebody else's channel here for a second. Alpha Charlie production. That channel is phenomenal. You should be following that if you give any care, sort of care about practical shooting insights or not insights. Sorry, not that guy. Practical shooting. Um, Alpha Charlie production. I think that guy's from Norway, but he literally just scours the internet and posts extremely helpful stuff about practical shooting and posts it on his YouTube staggers on there. Everybody like Rikaza, any little thing that you can think about that just little teeny tiny tips and tricks. That's the channel to follow. Yes. Yeah, so you may, okay. um, you know, just in, in live fire, the thing that we're teaching ourselves is, or I guess the thing we cannot replicate in dry fire is how much we need to push the gun back down in recoil. And even the words push the gun back down is it's too much. Um, and so, but, but you have to live fire to then understand, understand that. And then when you're dry training, it's just about keeping the grip consistent the entire time so that you're not influencing it. And then, and then you go in live fire again and you're like, oh, now that, so then there's a separation between, okay, the gun's loaded. And now I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm amped up because it's loaded and it's going to go off. And so it's just separate. It's like, I mean, training is training. And so it's just training that in live fire and then going and training and dry fire and just both of them are just paying attention and getting used to it. So I think I, I feel like when you started to live fire more, you gained a lot more confidence in just shooting a match. And so you probably just, that was a, a, a huge chunk of it, I bet. Um, and, and obviously you can go really far in dry fire. And I know, I know like Joey Sauerland um, has shot not very many live rounds, but if you pay attention to the live rounds that you shoot, then you, then you, uh, then you can get the most out of your dry fire and then you don't have to shoot that much. Um, but you have to pay attention. 
to his credit, I mean, yeah, everything. So like this, I mostly dry fire with my TV because I'm lazy. I'm always trying to figure out the most efficient way to do something. Um, so there's a YouTube channel and I made my own playlist and I can share it if anybody wants to use it. It's all this. There's a guy from Norway. He shoots a lot of Ipsic. He posts some, some of the stuff is like dry fire King, dry fire King's better. Um, but this guy from Norway, it's called like Ipsic one or something like that, but it's all free. And he posts a picture of a target on his TV and he tells you, make ready. Are you ready? Stand by. And before that, he'll tell you what the drill is. So like that particular drill, it was a 0.8 holster draw. Get your gun out of the holster, get the dot up on the target in 0.8, under 0.8 seconds. And then after, you know, it goes beep, beep. So if you've done in that amount of time, if you're getting used to going at that speed, you're doing it correctly. Well, at matches, I'd be getting like a 1.25, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 holster draw to live round shoot. Why am I so slow? Just like Jay says, it's because I'm like, oh, God, I got to be more careful now because now the gun's loaded. When in all reality, I'm not pulling the trigger at all in any sort of crazy way when I'm doing those pointed holster draws and dry fire. It's just, you know, I guess we're, we're just being extra cautious for no reason. And you got to get the confidence in. That's what it's about. Yep. I noticed that when I live fire more, I have less anticipation shooting in matches when I don't. And it's been a while. That's where I find that that first couple of stages is me. Like, like you were saying, you know, getting really becoming accustomed to the recoil again mm -hmm. and not anticipating and, and doing weirdness, you know, that whole, Oh, let me move yeah. it. Yeah. Clamp just extra clamping on yeah it's unnecessary um, yeah and yeah I've, I've been i've been there before where you you go show up and you're you you shoot the first couple shots you're like well, there's recoil cool <laughs> yeah. um and yeah so i i don't know it's it's so interesting it's such a because there's not a direct connection there's so many sports that like there's not something super similar to to dry fire because usually when you practice the sport you're practicing the sport um yeah and so i don't know that that's why this is pretty interesting it's pretty fun because you can you can learn a lot and then i think the ideal state to be in would just be that training is training whatever form it is um and, but you have to be then aware of what you're doing so that you can train i hear you i mean I hate to quote Lucas Botkin because it's Lucas Botkin. It's okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, he said a while ago, the average person will go out and dump, assuming you can afford it, the average person will go out and dump a thousand rounds on the range and they won't understand why they don't get better. And then mm. Steve Anderson's book, he's saying, just go out and shoot 150 rounds. And if you're doing it correctly, you can be out there for two hours, assuming that you're doing everything correctly with just 150 rounds. Like assuming like, so my buddy Ed, um, one of his biggest things that I've been trying to get him used to doing is he, Ed has a fantastic grip. Ed's really good shooter. Like his doubles drills at 25 yards are sick. He can hit two shots like damn near close to the A 
as fast as possible at 25 yards. So he can shoot really fast. His splits are good. We're getting his transitions there. Now the last thing left is his footwork. And I'm just telling him, like, hey, we're going to do a short stage where it's just left to right. It's a fixed time stage, kind of like at Nationals, that one that you guys just had. Um, So when you step whatever way you're going to step, I need you to do it fast. And I was like a football coach with him. I was just standing behind him. And if I thought he was moving too slow, I would just tell him to stop, unload the gun, and we're going to start again. I told him, like, hey, when you hit the level of speed that I want you to hit, like walking fast, running, whatever you need to do, I'm going to let you go through it. But until then, I'm just going to yell, stop. And most people aren't used to that. You have to be able to do that kind of stuff. And that's where that's where the live fire comes in, because he was only getting off like two, three rounds at the most before I would be behind him yelling, stop, go back. Right. And then when he finally did it, okay, like that was like 10, 12 rounds. Right. Yeah. Reloads, you don't need to dump a whole, you don't need to dump 16 rounds before you do a reload, right? You do not have to set up a whole stage to do a reload. You can just put four shots down range and boom, go off. Like you can do one, you can do the tack boy Timmy stuff of just like, you know, bang, bang. Like, I don't think that's helpful. I think you should do two just for shits and giggles, but that's just my opinion. Right. The one reload one. Yeah. One reload I gotcha. one. One reload one, baby. I had a buddy. Funny, I had another buddy who was like, well, this is what I do on the range. And then he would run the gun to slide lock. I'm like, why? He's like, to train the gun, running the gun to slide lock. Are you ever going to do that in the USPSA match? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> more than likely not. There are exceptions, but more than likely not. I've done it. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a classifier that's 24 rounds. And how many people are like 23 plus one, they're going to run it to slide lock. So, yeah, I actually did that. I ballsy as shit with trigger freeze. I did that. That was the first time I've done that because normally I reloaded. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do it with 24 and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it helps on that stage. I mean, there's if you shoot that um, in the most kind of efficient order, it does not leave you time to do a reload because you're basically making a transition directly to the next target. Yeah, um, right. If you have to so, shoot a makeup, then somewhere you've got to find a spot. Yeah, you but, need. Yeah. You need. Uh, I'll shill a product now. You need a rune tactical follower, spring and follower. To you get know, I get plus one, but you have to do some other modifications to it. Right. The only thing is, I saw Isaac's and I DM'd him. I'm like, "Is it me or does that follower look chewed up?" And he goes, "Well, it's 3D printed, but it seems to be working for people." So. Are you That's sponsored the only thing. by Rune J? Not uh, me. Yes. Is he a friend of yours? <laughs> yeah, he's my friend. He's actually he's he's cool. He's really cool. Um, okay. they, yeah, they're they're 3D printed. But to get so what I've been doing is, um, making the follower even thinner. Which again, wow, kind of crazy. But sanding sanding the follower even further down. But yeah, they're they're rough uh, when they're 3D printed. But it doesn't it doesn't get hung up on anything. But um, so the follower gets thinner and then I'll clip a half coil off the spring and then, okay. and then I'll remove mater- material from the bottom of the base pad. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Jay. So, and I've been experimenting with it and actually that he, um, he's got new, newer followers coming out that are, I'm just speaking for the PDP cause um, the profile, he changed it and made it fit the, the tube even better. Um, okay. and so I'm still messing with stuff, 
but yeah, I, I, I think, and I think we're going to get with Henning and Henning is going to start to make pads, uh, specific pads that are thinner at the bottom. Cause we're okay. Cause you need just a little bit more like 24 is so tight that you just need this little bit, little bit more to make it fit in the mag. Um, just one more mint, sir. Just, just Did you ever see that movie. Yeah. He eats the mint and he explodes. <laughs> you guys are crazy. I, but, after messing around with my P320, I cannot do any more modifications. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. But you, like, know, but you know what, Jay? This just shows the difference when, you know, I, I am not top 10 in the country trying to win a national championship. Yeah. You you know what I mean? The only difference, you just have to get Rune Tactical Followers and then modify them. <laughs> but, I mean, so and then I can go for a national championship. So I think that just on the, that classifier, the 8x3 trigger freeze or whatever it's called, it's really nice to have a makeup on that classifier if you need a makeup. And it doesn't matter. Then a makeup does not cost you a reload. And it's probably a standing reload depending on where the makeup is. You got one makeup, though. You have one makeup. Yeah. But that's better than no makeups. And, and that's BBL, really... Am I like, scared about a, a reload? That So that stage is like the only stage that it... Or it's rare that you actually need 20, 24 rounds because the hit factor is so high on that stage that yeah. time matters so much. I mean, it's like a 15 plus hit factor stage that time matters so much that if you have an equipment advantage, it, it is an advantage. Um, you were not wrong. There are certain things like that that, uh, yeah, they make they make all the difference in the world. Those types of things. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. I was going to say my P320 was kind of like that. That's why I went with the gray gun slide. There's like just little significant differences there that make it worth it. A hundred percent worth it. But that's a different story for a different day. So what are your goals, Rob? Um, other than life, catching Hempel and cow shooting life and overall. Life just tell us tell us your life goals also tell us about does that have to do with chipotle oh uh, the chipotle <laughs> don't listen to that guy that guy is it's my own fault because that guy is like he hates cilantro and we i used i was at a party with him one time and i bought a stock of cilantro and i chased him around the house with it so like anything that he says <laughs> it's my own fault <laughs> conversations making a bunch of left turns here yeah um <laughs> my goals um i don't think i've ever said this to many people before and i hesitate to say it publicly but screw it i'll say it um one day you will see me first place at a nationals you will see me up there one day you will see me sponsored with a gun company i don't know who it's going to be yet um but you will see me doing that um that's been my goal since i was a kid um, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Definitely took a lot of different angles and turns to get there. And I'm still slowly figuring out things along the way and other stuff's coming up in life that I'm trying to do. But like, I mean, I'm going back to grad school. I did this for USPSA. I did this so I could afford more stuff because I was like, Hey, engineers with masters in business administration typically make this amount of money. I would like a $30,000 pay raise. Um, and what do I have to do to get that? I just have to go back to grad school and that, and that pays for more ammo and everything else on top of that. Um, 
And on top of that, like, I just want the shooting sports to grow into something, not even for personal gain. I, I can kind of understand why they're not as popular as they are based upon some people's actions. Um, but I really want to see it grow because this is truly an American sport. Like baseball is definitely American. Football is definitely American. Shooting is like the ultimate American sport. I mean, my God, like we're literally born from people who shot. Like that's how this country got founded. And I want to see it stay that way. Um, Gun culture is huge in this country and it's only gotten huger after COVID. And I'd like to see it keep progressing that way, especially to like the impact of everybody suddenly getting into firearms and everything else like now like the, the opportunities in the market is incredible for people who want to get more into the industry. Cause there's so many people that want to learn about it. Now people that used to not care before suddenly care now because COVID just shattered everybody's fragile little realities um, that, you know, all the police or the military will help us, Minnesota, Portland, nah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then on top of that, Seattle. like manufacturing and everything my god it's progressed to a point now where i mean like even this i would argue that this gun right has you just flagged yourself and it was over it was over it was safe (laughs) (laughs) right i'm messing with you man i would argue that this gun is just as competitive as a 2011 like i could rock this with the magwell and limited optics and not be at a significant disadvantage Right. So that's that's where we're at. I just I don't know. It's something I've been passionate about since I was a kid and I just want to progress with it and I want to see it grow. And those are my life goals. Okay. What about a world shoot? Any any desire to do that? Yeah, I would like to do that. That's just an issue of time and money right now. Um that's definitely like a that's definitely plays into the whole like you will see on the on the first place podium and that sort of stuff. Um it's just time and money. I just started working again three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So, and I want to get my MBA done first. I'm paying $20,000. I want my, I want my 4.0 GPA. So those, those are the more important things right now. This year I took it. I mean, there's nothing that says I can't practice on the side, right? Like as much as I hate to say it, like nobody really starts paying attention to you until you're a GM. And then even then, like they want to see you hitting GM scores when you go to major matches and stuff like that. Right. Like paper GMs, like a GM who comes in like 100th place at nationals. Right. The people who get the attention are people like Jay, a GM who does well. Well, so, so this year's this year's nationals, 100th place. What percentage was that, Dave? Do you know? off the top? Um, No, right off the top of my head. I don't recall. Probably still 80 percent. Right. I, I get what you're saying, though, Rob. You understand. Yeah, it's not I'm not snubbing anybody because I came at 160th place at the 2022 Nationals. Right. So I totally shit yeah. the bed. Right. So, like, I'm not poo pooing on anybody like it's still a phenomenal amount of work to get there. It's just again, like, I mean, I think <laughs> I heard a rumor, apparently, that when Cal won the world shoot, apparently Aimpoint just gave him like a bag of red dot optics. Like, here you go. Have these like see what you think of them. <laughs> Like I don't I don't know if Aimpoint's doing that for the guy who came in a hundredth place at Worlds. <laughs> yeah, Aimpoint, Luke did get with Aimpoint um, at at Shot Show. They 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 were talking to him and stuff, and um, and now he's shooting with the Aimpoint, right? Yeah, he has the. So he's got he's got P twos on all his Close, walkers. Closed emitter. Kind of cool. 
here's something interesting. Number 99 was a G. Yeah. And that was Casey Ryan, and he was 77.78%. Casey, okay, you did phenomenal. I love you, and you did a good job, buddy. And now we know who you are. <laughs> Don't think and I'm shitting on you. I'm just a lowly M. And 100th was B-Class Skylar Davis. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.